your version of mediocre is most people's perfection. Let me say that again, because I feel like it's an important one. Your version of mediocre, your version of not good enough is someone else's perfection. So put the mediocre thing out there. Others are going to be wowed by it anyway. And you get to grow and you get to improve as you go along. But put your mediocre thing out into the world. Welcome back to Self-Centered with Calypso. I am Calypso. I'm a self-discovery coach and every single week I'm here to empower you to create a life that feels aligned, alive and yours. We talk about things. We talk about the self-development things. We talk about the self-discovery things and really we're here to help you feel more confident about the way that your life is going. This is a special episode for my high achievers. Yes, you, my dear high achiever. Consider this a love note, if you will, except it's not a love note. It is me here willingly inviting you, aka forcefully urging you, (laughs) to stop doing this thing, to stop doing this one thing. And it might be tough for some of you. It might be easy for others. You're not going to like it, probably, but it will change your life. It will make you way more creative. It's going to give you more time back. You're going to sleep better. You're going to achieve your goals quicker. You're just going to be a better human being in all realms. You're going to enjoy life more. You're going to enjoy, do you know what? Yeah, that is it. You're going to enjoy life more. You're going to do the things that you've been saying you want to do for ages. So please, dear, dear high achiever, please stop letting your perfectionism hold you back. Perfectionism. I've got a story to tell. I love running. Always have. Always will, I think. I used to be a sprinter at school. I loved athletics. I was a 100 metres gal. I was pretty good, to be fair. I was last in the, like, always number four in the relay. Pew, 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 pew. I used to, fun fact, I used to want to be an Olympic sprinter. Like, you know, in your year six leavers book, (laughs) the aerobic, I still have mine. That's the only reason I know this. In my year six leaver book, I said that I wanted to be an Olympian. I wanted to be in the 2012 Olympics. Didn't happen. But I loved running. I always did. And I'm also a textbook high achiever. I did pretty well at school. I was sporty. You know, things came, I'm very fortunate, things came easily to me in the academic world. And when things come easily to you in the academic world, you can create this bubble of... I can do anything, but then also this massive amount of fear to trying new things, right? Anyway, back to running. I was a runner. I've always liked running. Then I left school, went to college, would start going on jogs. 5Ks were my thing. I would go on a 5K. I would then try and beat my 5K time, beat my 5K time. Now, naturally, every now and then in life, routinely, I would drop off running. Maybe I'd go on holiday. It would be summer. I'd be having a good time and I wouldn't run as much. And then when you stop running, I would have this fear of getting back into running. I remember this specific time a couple of years back. I was still working in the fashion industry. I was working in a job that was mad. It must have been two more than two years ago, actually. Crazy busy job. 
all hours of my day were consumed by this work and I fell off the running track, pun, pun, fell off running, right? And I then built this fear around getting back into running. Now, this fear, most of the time I feel like when people have a fear about restarting exercise in whatever form, it's because they're worried about their fitness being low in in the terms of like, oh, it's going to be painful, it's going to be long, it's going to like, I'm going to be exhausted. But for me, the thing that was stopping me from getting back into running was that I was putting this immense pressure on myself to still be as fast as I was when I stopped running a few weeks before. I was like, I can only run if I know that I'm gonna beat my 5K time again, like I always do, or not always beat, but like match it. If I'm gonna be in the in the range of 5K time that I know that I can run, my best 5K time. And if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I feel so seen. <laughs> I feel so seen. Please DM me on Instagram, I wanna hear your stories. The pressure, the amount of pressure I was putting on myself, I genuinely was not putting my running shoes on because I was like, I'm not gonna beat my 5K time, so I'm just gonna avoid the run. And I basically remember I went to this talk, it was a business talk, it was about building a business, and there was this person there who was talking about the different types of procrastination and how procrastination can show up in your life. And this person was saying that high achievers, people that really, really suffer with perfectionism, have this unique form of procrastination where they don't want to do the thing because they are way too scared or resistant to not being the best, the best version of themselves, the best in a group, the best full stop. And so they're just like, yeah, cool, I'm not going to do it. Woo, child. So then I started to look at the other areas of my life, right? I had had this these business ideas for ages, for like bloody ages, I'm talking years, these different things popping around my head and I hadn't taken a step forward on them because I didn't want to start again. And not just, oh, I don't want to start over, it felt humiliating to me in my body to be a novice, to be a beginner, to be the worst right? Because when you start something new, you're not the best. You're just beginning. And I had so much resistance in my mind and in my body to being the novice because the deep running conditioning of high achiever, of being the best, of having to have the best grades, of having to do the fastest run, of having to, you know, be the most impressive in whatever way, the way that society had clapped for me in doing that had got me addicted. I was addicted to being the best. So much so that I was staying in my safety zone. I was staying in my comfort zone. I was staying in my fashion job. I was staying in the kind of relationship that wasn't actually in its full expansion in the way that it needed to be. I was staying in the safe zone because I just wanted things to be as best as they could. Or really, actually, when I do deep it, I wanted to give the perception that things were the best they were. Because when I, when you really think about it, if you've got desires in your heart, if you know that you want to do something, but you're not doing them because you don't want to start again or you don't want to be the worst, inverted commas, you're not actually doing the best, are you? Like, yeah, maybe you're doing the best to other people, but for you, there is better if there is more alignment and more fullness in life. But I was addicted to that. 
I was addicted to the claps. I was addicted to the feeling of being good at what I was doing. And as somebody that didn't have familiarity with failing or doing things or being like the bottom of the class, I avoided it. It was like the worst wasn't something I knew and it was for sure not something that I was willing or wanting to get familiar with. But this wake up call to the fact that I was holding these per perfectionism, this per perfect standard for my life was actually a form of procrastination. And actually it was holding me back from doing the things that I wanted to do that would actually make my life feel aligned, mine, full. I was like, ah, okay. So if you're listening to this, I've got a question for you before we even get into more of this. What does your heart truly want right now? What does your heart truly want right now that you're not doing because you don't want to be the worst? Because you're not willing to start again? Because you're carrying the weight of being the best and you're reaping the rewards through validation, whether it be in work through promotions, whether it be from your partner in love? What do you want? Hmm. One of the best pieces of advice that I've ever received in my whole entire life was from a coach of mine, a previous coach. Her name was Rachel Bell. And I signed up to her coaching program to help me launch my coaching business. And one of the things she said on the earliest calls was take messy action. It felt sickening <laughs> in my body as I listened to her say, take messy action. I was like, I'm not, I don't want to take messy action. I want to do this in the best way possible. Like I, I want to make sure everything is like slick, Rick, ready to go. I want the name to be right. I want the logo to be right. I want the colors palette to be right. I want the messaging to be right. I want the photos to be right on the grid. I want the reels to be perfect. I was like, I'm not doing messy. I'm going to do the best. And then I, as she was sharing how she built her super successful business and the fact that you actually can't, it's impossible to gain momentum or to throw yourself into doing things if you're going to wait for it all to be perfect before you do it. Because by the time you've done that, either the boat's gone, your energy for it has gone. Taking messy action is the reason that I got my coaching business and was earning good money from it within three months of launching. Because we were set this time scale of three months to get things rolling because we had her support in that time. And I launched my business, my coaching business in July, 25th of July, 2021. I had my first client, 1st of August. First paying client, 1st of August. I had by December, so five months later, seven or eight full paying one-to-one -one clients. I did that because I swallowed my pride and my need to have things done perfectly. Did it feel disgusting? Yes. <laughs> Did I hate it at first? Well, like, oh, this doesn't make any sense. I really am so uncomfortable with the work that I'm putting out. Was there, was there self-critique? Yes. But I realised that if I didn't do it, I'd never do it. If I didn't click post on that post, I was never going to click post on that post. I was going to be able to find faults in it forever.
and it was never going to get done. It was, I, I remember when I posted my first grid post, I was like, this is so, this is so a lot because I'm putting myself on the line to be like, hi, I'm new at this thing. I've never done it before. And I was like, I don't want people to know that feels embarrassing. It feels cringe. Oh my God. I was like, oh, it feels so cringe. But I'm so glad that I did it. I can't even imagine my life if I didn't post that first post and I was still trying to just be a version of myself that was climbing a ladder or thriving in fashion because I was too scared to start again. Take messy action. Tick, messy action, get a tattooed on ya. Also know this, the person you've been comparing yourself to, anyone that you look at that you're like, oh, I kind of wish my lifestyle was like that. Maybe you're working in, I don't know, let's use a classic example. Maybe you're working in a nine to five right now and you want more freedom, you want more time, you want to work for yourself. You've got a friend or there's someone on the gram who you see that travels and works and does things in the way that they want to do. Stop comparing yourself to their end result, one, two. At one point they had to make a cringe move and I'm saying cringe in inverted commas because it's not, but at some point they had to make a move that made them a beginner or the worst to get to that place. It's impossible to step into something new and not be the novice, but what are you gonna do? Sorry, this has actually turned into me call, like, what are you gonna do? <laughs> the energy behind this has gone kind of school teacher, but we're there, we're owning it, I'm, I'm, I'm riding it. What are you going to do? Are you going to stay doing that thing for life? Because you don't want to be the beginner. Or are you going to let yourself soften and stop your perfectionism from making you procrastinate into taking the first step? I feel like our parents, I feel like, I feel like boomers in general, they picked one thing, they did it for life. They became pretty good at it. And they're the people that raised us. And, you know, that's not everyone. Some some people have parents who were multi-hyphenate creatives. Sick for you. But we've not really been taught to change directions if our heart is calling us to. But we're going to be working for longer than them. We're can probably going to be retiring at like 85. <laughs> probably gonna be retiring when we like are just laying in the coffin they're gonna be like yeah okay your retirement's coming now but so what you gonna do you have a decision to make stop being so competitive with yourself also like it's not it, it it's really yeah it's not that deep no no one else is actually thinking or comparing themselves to you yeah you might have to have some conversations or let some people down or put yourself in a vulnerable position of doing something new, but really you're comparing yourself to yourself. If you are letting your perfectionism stop you, you are comparing yourself to the standards that you have set for yourself. You are your own block right now and you can dismantle that. So break it down. I always like to take my clients on a journey, whether they're working with me one-to-one -one, or if they're in my group coaching program, self-centered school, or even if they're on 21 days of self-discovery, what is the dream? Give yourself permission to dream. Like if you could do anything, what would you do? And then you break that down into goals and then you break that down into plans. And all you have to do is take tiny little baby steps. And actually, if you wait for things to be perfect, it's probably, like I said, too late. <sighs> 
So take messy action. You don't also need to know once you've taken one step, you don't need to know what step two is. Step two will become available to you when you have taken step one. And I know as a perfectionist, that can be hard. You want to have the whole script written out. You want to know the full recipe. Trust me, I love a recipe. I feel like I wonder if this is a common trait of people that are perfectionists or high achievers where, do you love following a recipe? I Obviously, I like to add a little sprinkle, a little extra seasoning, a little whatever. But I love following a recipe because I need to know that what I make is going to be perfect. <laughs> and sometimes you don't have a recipe, especially if you're forging a new way. And I know that you're, you're listening because you're a creative person. You're an experimental person. You're an expansive person. You're going to be doing great things with your life. There aren't recipes for new great things in our life. There are new jobs existing every day. Artificial intelligence, that didn't, well, it did exist in some formats a few years back, but look how much that's growing. You might have an idea where there are no recipes even written for it yet. So how possibly can we wait for it to be perfect? Innovation literally means creating new things. So take that first step. You can do it. Hello, my darling. I just wanted to take one second to talk to you about something quickly, because if you love this podcast, I know that you're going to love this thing that I'm about to share with you. The doors are now open to my group coaching program, Self-Centered School. Let me tell you about it. I'm going to tell you about it. And also I'm going to let you know if this might be for you or not. This group coaching program is for you if you know that you've got big dreams for your life and things that you want to do. But right now there are maybe some limiting beliefs that are holding you back, some fears, some confusion around taking the action on it. If you know that you are stuck in a cycle of maybe people pleasing and putting other people before you, but you know that right now is a time to prioritise what you want. This programme is for you if you're done playing small and you're ready to take up the space that you know you're worthy of in the world. And this is also for you if you know that you thrive when you're surrounded by other like-minded people that just want to get the most out of life. So if that sounded like it was a bit of you, keep listening. If not, fast forward 30 seconds, I'll catch you back on the episode. Now, This is the second round of Self-Centered School and this one is dedicated to you creating a summer of self. Over the eight weeks, we have eight group coaching calls where you get one-to-one coaching time with me, but you also get different videos and topics where I share my knowledge to really help you learn how you can start to choose yourself. I'm gonna help you define your values so that you can start to create a foundation for your life that really feels like it's yours. You're gonna learn how to improve your self-talk so you can stop doubting yourself and holding yourself back. You're going to learn how to set boundaries, how you can start to actually show up fearlessly as the most authentic version of you. We talk about themes around emotional intelligence and how you can improve your relationships. You're going to learn how to start expressing who you truly feel like you are. Like It is a beautiful jam packed eight weeks. And like I said, you get to meet like-minded people that are doing it. The guys that were in the last group, they've got a group chat now, they meet up in real life, and it really is the beginning of this very special community. Now, there are only six spots available. I keep it really intimate. I want you to be able to get one-on-one coaching time with me. And so if this feels like it's speaking to you what I want you to do is head to the show notes and I want you to click the link that says booking for a discovery call there's also an early bird offer that ends on the 11th of July so if you sign up before then you're going to save yourself 300 quid and then doors officially hard close on the 19th of July so don't sleep on this I'm sure that by the time this comes out there are spaces that are going to be filling up already hit that link in the bow booking for a call the program starts on the 29th of July like I said we speak every week for eight weeks and I cannot wait to have some of you there. Now, back to the episode. 
Now, I also want to take this down another little avenue because I mentioned at the beginning that this procrastination through the lens of perfectionism as a high achiever also was affecting my relationships. I realized that I was avoiding conversations that would highlight that there were imperfections in my relationship because I almost didn't want to go there. Being used to the good, being used to things going well can spill out to other areas of your life as well without even noticing. So, my baby high achiever, are you also procrastinating on taking action in your relationships? Whether that be through, whether that be in your romantic relationships, needing to have tough conversations, whether that be changes, boundaries, dates needing to be put in the diary, like other things that you know you want to improve in your relationship that you're actually avoiding even having a chat about because the illusion of things being fine is easier for you to settle into than the recognition that there are some things that need to change. I actually think this is a big one. Maybe this is this is going to be a whole other episode at some point too. I feel like this actually, it just, it kind of comes back, it comes back to authenticity, right? It comes back to you being true to what you feel and what you want rather than what society has told you you should be celebrated for. Forget that. What do you want? And how can you make moves towards that without needing it to be praiseworthy from the beginning? If I've learned one thing on my own self-discovery journey and something that has massively improved the quality of my romantic relationship is that being real and honest about what isn't going well like we ask each other questions on a bi-weekly basis like what's going well right now what isn't going well how can I support you what do I need to do how what can what do I need from you and it can be a practice to start with a practice to start taking messy action on love as well but oh my gosh is my relationship so much more full and sweet and gorgeous and delicious because we're both now willing to have the conversations that make the relationship actually feel nearer to perfect. Perfection doesn't exist, but it feels way better, way much more good, nice, tasty, because we're willing to have those conversations. It could be with friendships too, like little things. It could be mini things. Are you waiting for the perfect filler for that trip to... Ibiza and you can't find it so you're not booking it like just book the messy villa like you're gonna have a great time with your mates anyway really review the different areas of your life and how you maybe are letting your perfectionism hold you back from just living the full experience that is on offer to you here on earth also one final point that I just want to make your version of mediocre is most people's perfection let me say that again, because I feel like it's a, an important one. Your version of mediocre, your version of not good enough is someone else's perfection. So put the mediocre thing out there. Others are going to be wowed by it anyway. And you get to grow and you get to improve as you go along. But put your mediocre thing out into the world. Take a step forwards and the next thing will unfold and the next thing will unfold and you'll get better and you'll get greater and you will feel so much happier. You're not going to be laying in bed 
regurgitating all of the things you still have to do because you've taken some of those things off your to-do list because you've done them, because you weren't waiting for them to be a perfect standard before you did. You're going to sleep better at night because you're having the honest conversations about what isn't perfect in your relationships rather than letting them ruminate around your mind and critiquing them and wondering if they're ever going to change or ever improve. You see, it is something that may continually be work for life, but know that you will be walking through life in a way that is you, that is what you want rather than who you feel you need to be, hoping, wishing, and saying one day. So my dear high achiever, stop letting your perfectionism hold you back. Take messy action. I love you. I'm proud of you. If you feel like you want support in taking action, if you need accountability to do the things that are messy so that you can start to create the life you want, so that you can breathe life into that side hustle so that you can bring that business to life so that you can improve your relationships. These are the things that I support people on every single week. So don't be afraid to DM me to chat about one-to-one coaching. I'd love to be there for you. I call myself a perfectionist in recovery because now I do things that I'm like, "Mm, that was a little bit mediocre, but people seem to be lapping it up. So keep going. Excellence will come from you doing the things. I love you. If you've enjoyed today's episode, please do like, subscribe, send this to a mate, send this to somebody that you know is struggling, has got ideas, is feeling like they want to do something, but they can't because it's not ready yet. Send it to them. Also, if you found this really helpful for you, share it on your stories, tag me. I would love to see that you've enjoyed this. Have a beautiful rest of your day, wherever you are sending huge love. See you next week.